Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. This is Clay Foreman with the Total Reach Podcast. And here with Melissa. Yeah, what's up? I'm Melissa. Where's the camera? Oh, yeah, over there. Cool. <laughs> Still getting used to the new studio, obviously. Um. <laughs> Why well, also, I got just dog shit sleep last night. So... Really? He did? Oh, my God. Yeah, I told you I had like three hours literally. In the, yeah. I just woke up at one and I just fell asleep at like 10 after I finished most of the book. Yeah, but you put up with that kind of shit. <laughs> you put up with that. I in my whole entire life. And I've always been like this. The one thing, dude, I've done so many drugs. I've had so much alcohol. I have been so I've wake. I've woken up in many strange places, <laughs> but I have never. Put up with not sleeping. I don't. I'll sleep through rape. I'll sleep through it. I don't give a fuck because it's <laughs> most important. It's more important. Yo, that one got Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I will sleep through it because then I will have the energy to go to the police. Right? Yo. Exactly. Oh, this is why I love the podcast. All right. <laughs> I hate not sleeping. It's it pisses me off. It it uh it's just not something I if I can help it, I don't allow it. But I I, I had to do it this time cuz Jean's neck was hurting. So we were going to sleep upright, like sleep, sleep sitting up. Cuz he got one of those beds a while back that you can um make into oh, a seating position. Yeah. yeah. So then we we were I was like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." And it was just the worst sleep I've ever had in my life. I just can't sleep like that. Huh. Which is weird because I'm, I'm usually able to sleep in, in any position, in any way. My, my grandpa had one of those in his doghouse. My grandpa had two doghouses and a back cabin for mm -hmm. whenever his wife was like being a bitch. Yeah. Uh, wow. And so he had the normal house, the big house. He had his doghouse, which was a trailer. <laughs> his second doghouse, which was a shed. And then a back cabin. In like the third doghouse, 50 acres back, just like, oh, if everything goes to shit, no one's finding me. That's crazy. And uh, in, in the trailer doghouse, he had this hospital bed, like the old school ones with the crank. Yeah. That like sits up. You crank it on the side and shit. Hmm. And uh, I used to go and like just kind of fuck around with it. And he, I was like, <laughs> I fell asleep sitting up. He's like, you're going to break that one day. He like woke me up. Oh. I'm like, you're going to break that motherfucker because I, I used to just sit in it and go. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I figured you're just surfing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, we've really come so far as a society because before the people that would be put in the doghouse and this still happens in like the Philippines, I think, uh, would be women who were menstruating so that you would be uh, cast away into the menstrual hut. Yeah, that, you would have to leave and, and no one could touch you. And maybe even they strap you down, maybe have a little exorcism just in case, just for good measure. <laughs> Get the demons out of your pussy. But now that's that's the, progress. I mean, they, yeah, that came along with like the happy wife, happy life bullshit. Yeah, and that's everything, progress. You know? Yeah. This, uh, the whole house <laughs> is the menstrual hut. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, like the whole, the whole thing's going to explode. Get out. Get out while you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, it, that was a fun little because he he had like a whole in the in doghouse. He had like a whole fucking extra stock of all the shit he would buy so like he would buy stuff for the normal house and then buy like half of that and put it in the in the doghouse so like <laughs> he would have just extra cokes extra <laughs> everything just chilling in the doghouse so i would go yeah. and 
most of the time he wouldn't use it. You know, most of the time was fine. Mm-hmm. Just every now and then he'd he'd catch shit. Yeah. So he'd go over there, but he I was always welcome to just go walk in there, go grab a coke, go make me some spaghettios or whatever the fuck he had, mm-hmm. and just hang out. That yeah. was great. That was, it's was, safe. It was yeah. It was my little like hidden safe <laughs> spot. It's a, a way to be safe from women. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I guess uh, when people started build, building all those underground bunkers during uh, the Cold War. Oh, yeah. I think I think that's probably why they kept them, because then they realized this is how I can get away from my wife. And yeah. when she goes nuclear, <laughs> I go in the bunker. <laughs> I think that's what I, I saw like a weird ass episode of uh, Preppers. Like, yeah, or some kind that's of a reality TV show. Yeah. Or it was some kind of dating show or something. It's a dating show. Uh, yeah. It was. An episode of a dating show where specifically it was a prepper who had a bunker. I see. And he brought his date to his bunker. So, first of all, he had to convince a woman to go out into the middle of a field (laughs) with a bag on her head. He convinced her to put the bag on her head and then brought her into this missile silo that he bought. And apparently she was she's a really good singer. And so he actually did impress her whenever he brought her into like the main chamber with this giant fucking hole down it. And like in the episode, she's like sings like this operatic chorus thing and it like echoes through the silo. And I'm like, okay, you killed it. You just impressed her really, really hard after putting a bag over her head, bringing her in the middle of a field, walking her through like it was like a, a. dilapidated missile silo. Like there was like rust everywhere. I'm like, you just did the coolest thing you could possibly do. End it by going to like get her get her a, a dinner or something. Go end it really well. And no, he basically kicked her out, like made her drive like two miles just to sing. No, it's great. I was like, you just ruined that one possible chance you had to get a chick. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. I, I got it. So he took her all the way over there. Yeah. And then she sang. Sang in it. And she was like, and she was super like, this impressed. is amazing. This is great. But like, then that what part was, he, he basically ended the date right after. I'm like, oh, well, maybe it was a strategy, you know, leave him wanting more kind yeah, of deal. But no, then after that, you go and you like close it with like a, hey, I'm going to treat you now. And like, you you came out here, you trusted me, you put a bag over your fucking head. I'm going to go and be like, hey, thank you for coming out. Like, uh, finish the date off. Good. How? Dinner. Dinner. And oh, a, a dinner. Yeah. Like, go oh, okay. out to a restaurant. Go, like, yeah. d- you know, do something nice. Well, go you spent all that money on the bunker. You probably didn't have a lot left over for dinner. God, I mean, I don't know what his financial situation was, but if you own a bunker and you can't spring for a dinner mm-hmm. at, the end of a, uh, at the end of a date, you suck. Dude, you really don't deserve that that pussy. Perhaps. Perhaps. But you thought it was weird that he put a bag over her head and took her through a field and all that stuff. And what I got to say about that is, let me tell you something. I would do it. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you date long enough, okay, uh, two things start to happen. Okay, uh, three. Okay, I'll say three things. Just I'm trying to consolidate this, right? But look, number one, uh, we women are also apes right we like we we are of we are the same race of species of person of whatever right so that sentence didn't make sense but you know what i'm saying but (laughs) i've had a lot of coffee and so yeah we'll be impressed by a hole 
that you could say it to. Why, why the fuck? Why not? That's pretty goddamn cool. Yeah. Women don't, half the time don't know what the hell men are up to, and men are just kind of zipping around, just screwing shit and nuts and bolts and sh- and zipping, wire riding e bikes. Right? But then there's the final product <laughs> where we where we kind of look over from uh, making bread or the masturbating, and then you look over and you see they they did a cool thing. He made a scooter. He made a hole in the, in the ground that has a good uh, echo chamber. Right? <laughs> Women like that kind of stuff. It's not like we don't. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, you date long enough, uh, you realize that every date with a guy, you may as well have a bag over your head and get walked through a dark field. It's always <laughs> like that. It's, uh, that's never different. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's never different. It's always that. So one more guy who just goes the extra mile and it's like, oh, it's a literal bag over my head. We're going, well, OK, let's see where it goes. Because women love romance and they believe in magic. And that's why because we're irrational. Right. That's that's the irrationality of being a woman is that you're constantly you're like, maybe something magic will happen. Romance. Right. And so and that's the only chance that guys have is the fact that women are that dumb. Is that we're just kind of you ever see lesbian lesbians, the most rational people in the world. That's why they don't like men because they're too rational. They look at men. You're like, yeah, I'll pass. You know, and then they go and they like, I can build my own shit. Thanks. It was women. There was another part to the date. He rappelled down into the silo to Perfect. get water. Amazing. But that's what women like. Dude, look, he's showing off that he's he he's ingenuity. He has curiosity. He 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 can build things. He's smart. He's good with his hands. He can repel. That's dope. Batman's cool. <laughs> Batman repels. This is, this is all good stuff. I don't know why people are, are think that women won't be into this. We'll totally be into this. It, we just want you to be nice. <laughs> just literally anything that a chick wants. And then I'll tell you the last thing is that you date long enough. You, you can only take so many dick pics and mediocre dates to Chick-fil-A and the Cheesecake Factory before you are literally willing to go out with a serial killer because it'll just switch things up. Maybe he'll show you a severed dick, right? And that's that's different. That's nice and new. What is that? Isn't that just a dildo? Yeah, it is. But a living, formerly living from a formerly living mannequin. You know what I mean? So so this can all work. There is literally nothing surprising about this woman being willing to go with a sack over her head and her hands tied in front of her to to through a field and she didn't know to that look into a hole she didn't know that she was gonna have to walk through a field with a bag on her head till she got to the field mm-hmm. like she drove out there like two miles and then he was like so i'm gonna have to walk you to the place put this bag over your head yeah and she's like okay yeah <laughs> women believe in magic that that's why they post those stupid dumb memes like dance like no one's watching you're a woman of you're a wolf girl you're in the night you know what i mean like that's why we do that that's that's our irrational nature of we believe in magic you got to believe in magic because there's no other way that you could be convinced to to shit a baby out of your pussy you know what i'm saying (laughs) then for it for someone to be like magic and you're like okay i guess i'll be all right this (laughs) this thing won't crown and rip me in half yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, great segue. Believing in magic. Uh, we're here today. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. Look at that. It's just just led by my own genius. We are uh, expanding the turtle reads starting today. Uh, going from Discord, we're gonna. Uh, we read the Neverending Story. Um, I've always like since I watched the movie, I was always like super uh, attached to Bastion. 
Uh, I was the chubby kid who liked to read and come up with stories and hiding in the my we had a not it wasn't an attic but we had a playroom that after hurricane katrina hit our carport got knocked down and uh we just built an extra room in the carport called the playroom where like literally you'd have to duck down and like crawl to get into the room Mm -hmm. like it was so fucking cool but we had like a whole bed set up in there all our video games and everything and i would just go in there whenever i started smoking weed i would prop the bed up against the the hole in the wall like the, yeah. the cave to keep the weed smoke from going out so that was super cool the, the playroom <laughs> you still get a couple hookers you know as i got a little older <laughs> i met some people yeah i mean your your kids' spaces, whenever you grow up, turn into degenerate spaces. Like, yeah. that's generally what happens. But then they can turn into entrepreneurial places yeah. when you get even older. <laughs> um, and arrested a couple of times. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I definitely had always... Uh, the movie, The NeverEnding Story, was one of my favorite movies as a kid because I, 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 I recognized... Or, I can't think of words today. Just um, say the say the dumber version. That's what I do when I can't think of the words. I related. I, I will literally say that just the dumbest. Yeah. Just get down there. Don't I worry related about it. with Bastion a lot, uh, and then, but then all I could remember from the movie, like whenever we started the book, was uh, Artax, the horse dying in the swamp of sadness, uh, yeah. and Falcor, the dragon. That's all I remembered. So like rereading it was like like watching the movie again but then kind of filling in holes and shit like that was fun mm. that was super fun yeah that's all you kind of needed to remember of that movie because as a child that's kind of what it was all about yeah, it was, it was just, yeah. and the the Artax dying was that, probably one of the most traumatizing experiences for a lot of kids yeah that that and Mufasa dying in the Lion King to me are the two like most like the most sad deaths in kids movies whenever i was growing up yes like it, it and it's uh, I, I i don't know who the kid was who was acting as a treyu in the in never ending story but like yeah he did really well like fucking mm -hmm. trying to pull the horse out of the swamp and being like hard that like mm -hmm. that was that was great i read about that kid actually you know he broke his back or something um while he was um riding falcor the mechanical dragon makes sense and um and also he tried really hard to get that role really hard he he auditioned like 10 times or something like that and he and he was really pushing for it and he finally got it he, he got lucky yeah. and then he fell off the luck dragon and broke his back and i think he had to get metal put into his uh his spine but um Man, he convinced the them to actually wait till he was healed so that they could continue finish. with the movie. I, I really hope the residuals from those movies paid like paid for him for like a good while, if not the rest of his life. Because like, yeah. that sucks. You, you're doing a movie yeah. and you Healthcare. basically get mechanical The other never-ending story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah... Uh, Artax was, but you know the book uh, when they were talking about Artax's death, it was a lot quicker. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's so it, the author's German, and I I couldn't help but think I was like, this is so fucking German yeah. of this guy. <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's get through this death. Come Germans on. are so they, it's like <laughs> they're like cuckoo clocks. That's why they that's you know they just he's just like Artax Artax and the horse is like just leave me and he goes okay and then he walks away. Yeah. It's like, I don't want you to see me 
die. And, he, and then Artax goes, sounds rational. So German. And then he walks away and that's the end of the scene. Yeah. It's fucking German. Did, did the horse even talk in the movie? I no. don't think it did. No, it didn't. It yeah, wasn't a talking horse. It was yeah. just a horse. That, that, uh, like whenever the horse was talking in the book, I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure Atreyu didn't have a conversation with this fucking horse in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Well, he did, but that's as a lover, not a friend. <laughs> that was the fr- uh, original Mr. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, yeah uh, the summary of the book or we'll just kind of. Well, was there anything else that um, stood, stood out for you while you were reading it? Well, I don't think I've ever saw Neverending Story 2. So, like, the whole second half of the book was, like, all new to me. Like, him going on the second part of the journey. Um, Gorgormon, the lion, that was fucking cool. Uh, Yeah, exactly. The many-colored death. death. Yeah, uh, that was... And the night forest. Yeah, the night forest. That And that reminded me of some shit that I came up with. And I was like, ah, that's dope as fuck. But, like, Mm -hmm. then the cycles, how the forest becomes the sand and all that shit... And then the lion, like, dies every night. And it was, that whole fucking cycle was really great part it of the book. Beautiful. I was like, that was, mm-hmm. yeah, so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the Silver City was dope. Especially whenever he came up with the whole story of the library and everything. And then it was like, that was there the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. The, and he basically gave them their backstory. Um Yeah. What about when he starts to realize that he's losing all his memories and then he becomes kind of a villain? Yeah, that's what, like... Did you read the part about the city of lost emperors? No. Oh, okay. Okay, I won't tell you about that. Okay, I'm I'm going to finish it and stuff. I just... <laughs> uh, we both had the same issue. We tried to buy this fucking book on Amazon. Yeah. And whenever you go to Amazon, the never-ending story, they bring you to the hardcover, and then I click Kindle... And it switches to a Kindle version mm-hmm. that ended up being the Encyclopedia of Fantastica. Yeah. And I was actually reading it for a while. I did I was too. going, I was like, okay, well, I guess it's a very long uh, preamble. Same. And, and it's just like A, B, C, D. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? Yeah, once I got to that, I'm like, all right, uh, this isn't the book. It's Yeah, it's they're always okay. trying to trick you. Let me tell you something. This is why I steal things. Do you understand? <laughs> this, this is why I digi- when it comes to the digital space, if yeah. I can possibly steal it, I will steal that shit. Yeah. Because they try so hard to trick you and misdirect you and like social engineer you into making purchases and opting into things that you don't want to. Yeah. That I have just utter contempt for all of these platforms and I will steal Anything I can. And if I could find a way to steal plus share, I would do this. Like that guy, like the guy that the co-founder of Reddit. You remember that guy a long time ago that he just released everything from all of these academic journals and he just fucking killed himself. But uh, killed himself. Well, yeah, of course. Just like Epstein. (laughs) But um, but yeah, um, yeah, he he did that. And I totally related to that. Cause I I figured the same thing. The beginning of the internet, it's like, dude, this is, this is the democratization of knowledge, yeah. which should belong to everyone, yeah, to and, some degree. And especially with stuff like research journals and shit like that. Yeah, like, we should. 
why not disperse it to as many people as possible? Right. Um, and come up with a more creative way to compensate people who create the knowledge, right? Nah. You, you, this is the only uh, economic model that you can think of is yeah. what we were using. And it's not. The only reason why they still want to use it is because more people can get a slice of the pie. That's it. That's the only reason why they want to do it that way with copyright in that particular way, which is like really 20th century, just so that there can be people, middlemen. That's way. That's so that all the agents and managers and publishing companies and, and social media platform can continue to make money off of people's work. Yeah, that's it, it. Because people have no problem giving money directly to the artist or the writer or anything. Yeah, they have to have some way to insert themselves as the middleman or the the. Uh curator yeah you know like they, they there has to be that they have to make that position for themselves otherwise yeah. the artist gets it directly and they just cut out and, so it's, it's, and it's never been more obvious than now yeah. you literally the digital space is make-believe land you can literally build anything you can yeah. build if you know programming and you see what how it works you can you are literally you literally build everything yeah. the only thing that you can't just make pull out of your ass is um the actual logistics of how you're going to get people to here or there. That's yeah. it. Just really basic directions of of uh, how how things will work. Yeah. Uh, but why they will work, you make that up. Yeah. And so we literally watched us have access to everything. And then now they're just building up paywalls. That's your imagination. You yeah. just you made it's a paywall. Yeah. Like you, and it's like you got to pay now to get past this it's, wall. It's the highway of information. And then you you can literally just build your own store off the side of the highway and stuff. And you have to figure out how to make a road to get to it. But then they're slowly they're trying more and more to basically make every road off ramp a toll road. They've made them all. They've, yeah, they, it's not they, that they're trying. It's well, that they have made they're so big now, now Patreon, that they are they are invisible. Like now, now with stuff like Patreon and shit like that, you can make your own way. No, because Patreon is one of those things. They're just more subtle. Yeah, right. they're, they're they charge. The, one of the better ones of it, though. It's it like they sure. don't they don't charge as much of a fee and stuff like that. Um, but they charge one. Yeah. Right. But my point is that they are all creating uh, highway exits that become highly trafficked and therefore necessary so that they can force uh, a situation, social engineer, a situation where you pay a toll, basically. Yeah. Right. And the person that started that actually uh, was Elon Musk with PayPal. Yeah. That's he he controls. They're so big you don't see them anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But the 20th century was the the Rockefeller era and all these captains of industry and monopolies that were big brands um, everywhere. But now the captains of the service industry uh, economy are Amazon. They're so big you you don't think about them anymore because they're they're kind of just on the sidelines of your everyday life as you're making these transactions, but they're, they're siphoning money away from you yeah. at every turn. They're taxing. Really? Th this is a tax because a toll is a tax. Yeah. You got in the highway. It's why people avoid them because fuck taxes. Right. And, uh, these people are private companies taxing people. It's not even the government. So it's not going towards, uh, any infrastructure. It's going straight towards, their pockets so that they can blast off into space and jerk off next to the moon and all that stuff. Yeah, but most of our taxes don't go to infrastructure anyway. But also, Well, they have to to some degree. Otherwise, this whole country would fall apart. Yeah. They it would be like Morocco with the earthquake. Yeah. No, dude, oh, God dang it. We need, we're, we're off topic, and this is more off topic. Morocco got hit by an earthquake. Greece is underwater, and they think there's going to be three new permanent lakes that are built because of it. There was 
I think it was uh, five years worth of rainfall in two days. Uh, and then some other place just got flooded to where a whole town is like, uh, like they're missing like half of a town because mm-hmm. of a flood. Shit's going wild. But anyway, yeah, fuck but- Amazon because they scammed us both for a book. All right. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. <laughs> I just had to go off tangent and then back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm but it just, would be it would be like if if every time you wanted to imagine something and go to Fantasia, you had to pay a $2 service fee. Yeah. That's perverse. Yeah. That is ridiculous. <sighs> and that's what they do with artists. Okay, that's it. <laughs> just, um so yeah. Uh what was your like kind of favorite part of getting back into it? Uh, discovering that the part two movie, which I thought was just some way to cash in on part one, was actually the second part or the second right. half of the book. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So I was happy to know that because then it's a whole part of the story that I thought wasn't real. Right. And so when I read it, I, I got really into it because it was the one part that I didn't really know about. I only really watched the first one. The first one is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's classic. But I actually like that the ending to the first one wasn't the ending. Yeah, yeah. Because the ending to the first one was this weird pseudo kind of pseudo erotic situation in the movie where where the empress this is uh the the child empress yeah, she's the just like empress. say my name bastion <laughs> say it say my name say my Fucking name, Bastion. And he's just like, and she's like, say it. It just goes back and forth and back and forth. And then in the movie, there's just the the big ejaculation where the window blows open and then there's liquid everywhere and he's screaming into the wind. This is like total sex. You know what I mean? And then he's like yelling her name into the storm. And she's like, and then the, and then darkness right <laughs> post-coital uh reflection where they're like what is the world <laughs> it's that pillow talk so yeah. it's, it's uh so i'm glad it was it was more than that it was challenging that yeah. the, that he actually instead of just having this um orgasmic uh release of freedom of his self all of a sudden that i was actually he was still holding on to some shame about who he was yeah and being seen by them by these heroes that he admired in the story he didn't want them to see him he was too ashamed and so the second half of the journey where he gets to that last part where he everything gets stripped away from him his name who he is what he knows about himself and and everything and he just is um naked and 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 like a newborn like reborn as a person uh just a curious uh person full of wonder and just slashing around in a fountain, having yeah. a good time. I like that. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd never watched the second one. So now, like that, I've read it. I, I probably I'm gonna go back and watch the second movie. I am curious. Like, do you think they, they had a lot of like uh, parts where they would like have a character come in, some shit would happen, and then they would go off, and then be like. Oh, well, he, this character uh, went and ended up saving the woman, but he didn't fall in love with her. But that's a story for another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that like a lot. Like, that's a story for another time. Uh, um, do you think he ever or do you know if he ever actually went and like wrote like a side short story about any one of those adventures? 
Um, he may have. I don't think that was the point, though. I I I've re- I figured that because like it's called the never ending story. The idea is like there's all never ending stories branching off mm-hmm. in this world, Fantastica and shit like that. But I I always thought that would be really like kind of like a Terry Pratchett type thing, like. Mm-hmm go explore these other adventures with these characters. I kind of want to know, you know, Hi, Hi, uh, what's his name? Hi, Creon, the, um, the knight. The swordsman. Yeah, the swordsman. Uh, I want to know, like, him going beat Sm- Smurg or whatever and then getting the princess or the, yeah, yeah the princess. But then, then he didn't want her anymore. Yeah, like, that's a great story. Like, being like, nah, fuck you. Yeah, I, I like, came and saved you, but you, you were a cunt in the first annoying. place. You're yeah. annoying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she, he just leaves. She's like, what? <laughs> you saved me. It's like, yeah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Go go back to your king. No. Yeah, I don't think that was the point. I think the, well, yeah, I guess you got that too. But the, the yeah, it's uh, it's it seemed pretty clear after a while that it's not that he was trying to just make future stories for himself, Yeah, but rather he was trying to drive this point home that the space that he invented is really conceptually about our collective consciousness yeah. and our collective storytelling like imagination. history yeah. and future. Yeah. Just our collective, because a lot of the stories are based on older stories from more primitive yeah. or earlier civilizations. They come from other places um, like Greece and uh, the Berbers of North Africa and all these folk tales and myths from just all over the world. It's the Fantasia is just the repository for all of them. It's yeah. where they all come from and where we invent more from those. And the reason why a lot of our dreams and stories parallel a lot of those already existing stories, like you said it yourself. You said I, the night, the night forest. You said I came up with that, and it's and it's probably and what he's trying to say, and I think it's because it's very likely is because we share. Um, this ancestral memory of things, yeah. of of uh, origin and and um, symbolism. It's like David Lynch. You ever watch David Lynch movies? I think I brought this up before. Maybe like one or two of them. I I, I don't really know like directors and shit like that, but I know I've I've. Well, like, what are some of his movies? Mulholland Drive and uh, Twin Peaks is a series that is definitely worth watching. It's I really like- good. An episode of Twin Peaks. Dude, if you watch Twin Peaks, go watch it. If you can get into it, cool. Try to watch all of it. And then go to YouTube and watch a um, a philosophical breakdown of Twin Peaks. It will blow your mind. Hmm. Because I didn't know this about David Lynch. But I once I saw that video, I looked into it. He's part of this um, offshoot of... Uh, 20th century uh, artistic expression that was called the symbolist, the symbolism or the symbolist movement. And it's the same um, artistic thread that uh, Dali, Salvador Dali comes from and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they they were just people that placed uh, all of the importance and foundation of their creative efforts on dreams and dream interpretation or not even interpretation, uh, just the symbolic um archetypes that they could conjure up yeah. and just allowing just storytelling and their instincts to just let it go wherever the wherever it will go hmm. and so that made for a really in- interesting movement and david lynch is uh, an inheritor of that movement that's exactly what he's trying to do so when you look at his movies from a symbolist perspective you start to see that every every character in the movie represents 
uh, an archetype of a human psychology or, or not psychology is even kind of a trite way to say it, but just human dreaming. Yeah. The human uh, symbols, the symbols in human dreams that emerge that seem to repeat themselves and have um, a lot of meaning for us. Okay. Um, speaking about dreams, what do you think it means? Lately, I've had many, many dreams, and this has never really happened before, but like within the last like three weeks, I've had at least four dreams where it's, there's a, a girl, like a kind of romantic a dream with, mm -hmm. a, with a chick. Mm -hmm. What? Not, not, no, no, no. I'm like, Aren't you what? dating right now? No. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to date, but I, there's no like specific girl. Maybe that's what your dreams are. You're trying to conjure up the girl. You're trying to envision who she she should be for you. Okay. I mean, they're weird ones. Like the first one was, uh, I don't exactly remember what happened, but it ended with me and her laying on the top of a roof together. Like she's laying on my stomach and shit and mm -hmm. we're just cuddling. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always really weird. You're just, you're looking for meaningful love and uh, that's weird for you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> dude, men, men are so you, you guys, you, men need women because you don't know how to do your feelings right. You don't, you don't know how to do it. You get, you get so uncomfortable. You just want to move on. You're like, uh, faggot. <laughs> you just like, you just say something. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to go into that whole dream thing with chicks and get like a joke out of it, and then you're like, exactly. you're looking for a meaningful relationship, and I'm like. Man, there's no joke here. Let's oh, move yeah. on. <laughs> nah, I get it. That's why women can be comedy poison sometimes because that it's it is an instinct to just kind of go, "Whoa, how much further can we take this? Where can we go where we stop making eye contact with each other? How far can this go? How can we do this?" I don't know why. It's almost like a form of emotional terrorism. Women is like women are nihilists in that way. You just want to just jump right off the fucking cliff and then have everybody yeah exactly the fixing yeah we're just bored we want to fix guys the same way guys want to like i don't know fix the pipes you don't really nothing is broken you just kind of want to tap it and kind of go hey i can put this i can make copper here you know whatever guys do i don't know <laughs> make copper <laughs> yeah strip the copper from this and put it in here it's like you don't got to do that you're just bored and that's what women do with uh, social engineering that's uh, that's why women are good at social media because we're um manipulators so you know also pussy fart i just wanted to there you go levity there you go there you go, there you go. <laughs> pussy farts weef um <laughs> all right let's get it back on the rails yeah. fine all if right. you want um well what do you think that your dreams are you want to push her off the roof what is it <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i i figure it's you know subconsciously me they being like oh i want to but like it's not like anything has changed recently that would make that more prevalent, like make me want a relationship more, you know, like I've been single for quite a minute, uh, you know, before I, I recently dated a chick. But before that, I was single for 10 years mm -hmm. and I haven't fucked for 10 years mm -hmm. before I before mm -hmm. last year. Uh, why all of a sudden now? Who knows? Like that—that—that's what blew my mind. I'm like, what? like I'm, I I didn't fuck for ten years. That whole time I didn't have any dreams about like like women 
And then now all of a sudden it's like I have four mm -hmm. in the span of three weeks where I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, making out with a chick in my dream. And I'm like waking up. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't get this in real life. Why? Why do I have to fucking like Look, <laughs> upset I myself whenever I wake up? of like, ah, I don't have a woman. <laughs> well, because wanting a woman, contrary to what literally every porn category will tell you, is not just about fucking. Well, no, no, I understand. You, you don't that. need a woman for fucking. In fact, once they got robots, you will never need a woman. You will never, but you do need us for certain. There's certain things they're not going to be able to get the robots to do right. They can't. Only women can do. Just like there's certain things that men will can only do for women that you cannot get anywhere else. Uh, but for women, it's it's like real subtle shit it's not just a pussy get a get a pocket pussy if you I want know. a pussy for women it but it's women is special things it's like a cool hand on your forehead right someone checking in with you when you I don't even that, realize that like, you need to be checked in with right it's um surprise cake right you know what i mean it's like uh silliness it's uh emotional sabotage right even that can be appreciated you know what i'm saying i know so I, you you want woman you want woman yeah yeah. But I didn't have woman forever. Because you just wanted pussy, but now no, you want woman. I've I've pretty much wanted woman for a long time. <laughs> uh, it's, just for some reason, like now, my subconscious is just like, mm -hmm. now you need woman. Maybe because you know what woman you want now. You know what I mean? You want somebody you could sit on a roof with and look at the stars. Yeah, that's some deep shit. Come on, can I get some credit <laughs> that for that? Was, that was, Dude, that's some fucking deep shit. That was good rhetorical yeah. acrobatics right there. Yeah, that, that was, was good. That Thank was you. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the stars. Did you ever have a, a childhood friends that were into being in your in imagination and all that stuff? Or were you kind of a loner? Um, I had like one friend, uh, Chris Suarez. He, he was kind of deep into like magic gathering and and uh books and stuff we read uh uh the book thief together you, you remember the book thief mm -hmm. it was like a, a young adult novel about a kid in i think venice or whatever who would steal books and shit like that i heard of it but you know i never read it it's pretty good hmm. maybe we could do that one <laughs> all right whatever yeah <laughs> read that one I, I, yeah it's been forever uh, all right but yeah um, wow, you went back right now in your head. Yeah, <laughs> that was a while back. Um, yeah, Chris, he was really the only one. Uh, other other than that, like my brother was kind like my f mom and my brother were big in Harry Potter with me, so we we like went into that together. Uh, my brother was a huge Tolkien fan, so he had all the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and all that shit. So uh, he was into that, but I wasn't as much into Tolkien. Like he went into Tolkien, I went into Terry Pratchett. Yeah. So like we were both like we kind of split apart there because he wasn't gonna go and read some Terry Pratchett. And I'm like, Tolkien's cool, but like I just watched the movie. And that's where you diverged. Yeah. <laughs> into your own different fantasias. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, but then also me and my brother are both really nerdy. We both like kept up with like uh, animes together, like uh, Gundam. My brother used to get the little figures and shit. Yeah, me and my brother like anime too. That that seems to be the the thing is that people are, are always going on about how do you get kids to read, but then they don't read. Yeah, and so and that's every time I've seen a person who reads, it's usually because a, a big part of their family reads, and yeah. and it's, even if it's dumb stuff, it, it, magazines or or whatever, it doesn't matter. But they're comic reading books, constantly something. comic books, and they read it together. Yeah, 
And those are the only people I've seen that consistently just like reading because yeah. they, they develop a, more of a habit. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. A, but other parents are just like, why don't you read? And then they go watch Duck Dynasty for five hours, yeah. and then it's like, you fucking you better be reading. And, and it is like, what? It is a subconscious <laughs> thing of like you, you know. Whenever I I would read a Harry Potter book, it's it was like, oh, I know I'm reading this, and and I'm going into this world, but I also know my mom, she's gonna read the book. She'll have even if we don't have a conversation about it, she'll have knowledge of like. what happened in the book that if i make a joke about it she'll get it or my brother and so it's like you're even though you might not have the conversations you are all part of the same world yeah you're not alone yeah Yeah. so it, it that really does help like keep the kid like reading and stuff because mm-hmm. they're like oh it, I, i'm i might be going on my own to read this in this yeah. world but i'm not alone actually right you know so that is that really does help like keeping my You'll you'll like this. My brother. It's almost as if parenting is not just about telling your kid not to be a shithead, but also not being a shithead. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, actually doing stuff with your kid. Um, Yeah. Do anything. Anything. Yeah. Uh, Except put don't put your cigars out on them. That's bad. That's not that's not a good uh, extracurricular. Uh, Whenever my brother had his latest the brother who's just older than me, he had a kid, uh, my niece, Lila, and uh, we had a the, the baby registry. I decided to be like the nerd uncle and buy all the kids' baby books. Uh, so I, I got like a bunch of Dr. Seuss books off the registry and shit like that. And then uh, I went and I splurged and uh, Terry, Terry Pratchett has a baby book. Of course he does. He has a, he got his fingers in everything. I noticed he got like Terry Pratchett, the Monopoly game, Terry, Pr- <laughs> you know, Terry, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, Terry Pratchett, the condom, Terry, it's a 100 page baby, Terry book. Pratchett, the ice cream cake. It's it a, is. It's a 100 page baby book. Oh, I thought you said it was a one page. That'd be hilarious. No, 100 page baby book. Really? Yeah. What kind of babies are reading this thing? <laughs> well, it's for parents it's like to read Mensa to the baby. Ba- Mensa babies. But it's like it's. I, I think it's a great idea because like you could probably read like a couple pages to your baby every night and never read the same story twice. Mm-hmm. You know, until until your kid grows up. Like that's a great baby book. Mm-hmm. It's one where the parent doesn't even get bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the parents <laughs> like what what. <laughs> That'd be a perfect way to to insert something insane in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not then, like the kid's going to remember it right. anyway. <laughs> and then they smoked crack. Like, what the fuck? I have a dragon smoking crack. Why are crack? these dragons smoking crack? Why did he write that? What an asshole. <laughs> I should bet these books. <laughs> Maybe not. They're more interesting this way. Yeah, the kid grows up and he brings that book with him and he's like, just like, oh, I remember my mom used to read this to me and he used to go into it he's like, Dragon smoking crack. What? Yeah. You got an illustration. That's great. Showing you how. Yeah, they do have illustrations. It was. It was I want to. Crack kinda... the magic dragon. <laughs> lives by the highway. <laughs> Cracky the dragon. Oh damn it! <laughs> I used to rate. I used to read Agatha Christie mystery novels with my mom. We would race to. We start reading at the same time. What is and that? Be one I've heard book. the name. Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a really famous. Um, like what kind of book? Mystery novelist. Mystery. She would do um, 
Ch- uh, Channel 13 PBS oh, okay. did a lot of movie and show adaptations of her books because they were really, really popular at one point. So there was one called the, this one is, a bu- maybe you might have heard this one, The Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. That's her. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she had these two protagonists that were the the um, mystery solvers, kind of like a Sherlock Holmes deal. Yeah. Like a whodunit uh, but type But less thing. technical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whodunit, basically. Yeah. So she would have two characters. One was a, a, a little old lady and called Mrs. Mrs. Marple, I think it was. And then the other one was uh, uh, an actual French investigator. It's called Hercule Perrault. <laughs> this little egg-headed guy with a mustache. Okay. And he's like, I think you did it. <laughs> And so the Orient Express, I think, is him. But the Mrs. Marple one was pretty good, too, because she was just this this British old lady. You know how fucking British people are, right? She's like, this, what, is this a murder? We must get this sorted. That's what British people are always doing. We got to get this sorted. That's 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 why they fucking colonized the whole world. They looked around. They were like... Yeah, they were like, we gotta get this sorted, mates. <laughs> Fuck, all right. <laughs> Let's get it sorted, lads. Um, so, yeah. So, that is good. Families reading with their kids. Yeah. Uh, reading about crack dragons. Yeah. But, yeah, overall, this was uh, this was good. I like, I like the symbolist movement. I always meant to get into it more and check out. There's art. Yeah. Kind of the same time that the Impressionist movement was kicking off. Yeah, I'm a huge, I am a huge Salvador Dali fan. Like, whenever I did, uh, took art in high school, I did, I, um, re-did, like, I painted my own, uh, what's the one with the melting clocks? Do you know? Uh, what, do time you, passing, I think, something yeah, like that. I, yeah, I painted that. Oh, you uh, did? That's nice. It wasn't that good listen clay it's melting clocks <laughs> you can you can't do them wrong because they melted you just draw a puddle <laughs> um, that's but, like going like i drew melted ice cream and it's it's not that great but <laughs> it's yeah, like he, he it's ice cream melted him it's between like him and uh, actually i have uh, like a guy who's still alive but him between him and another artist who are my favorite but salvador dali like his shit like the stuff where it's like an elephant with a tuba head and shit like that. Yeah. That's are great. also fucking awesome. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's some crazier ones too. Um, the really dark ones that came from the, the Second World Wars and people kind of emotionally uh, trying to grapple with everything that happened. Have like you ever seen the, Stanislav Zukowski? Um, yeah, that's the one I was thinking about. The the sculptor? Yeah. With the eagle hand thing? Right, yeah. I love that. That piece yeah. is so fucking cool. I yeah. want that so bad. Yeah, uh, there's so much dark art that came yeah. from it. And, and it's because people kind of mostly tend to focus on the Impressionist movement and all this. Like, look, it's a ship. It's a boat. <laughs> but then you look at the 20th century, it's like, look, it's a fucking demon crucified <laughs> while Jews dance below him with horns on their heads. You know, <laughs> fucking nuclear bomb in the background. Right? <laughs> it's like they have uh, I got into the Stanislav Zukowski when I was in the. Uh, college and then i completely forgot his name and shit i just remembered that one fucking eagle hand piece and then after i got out of college years later i was just flipping through netflix and there's a documentary about him on netflix and i I like like the the little fucking trailer at the beginning whenever you're at the what to watch screen was going and that eagle hand just pops up and i'm like holy fuck 
like mm-hmm. out of nowhere, this fucking artist that I, I I was super into in college just pops up on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty good documentary, like about him like escaping Russia and sh- like that. Yeah, like it, it's pretty great. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, they uh, you still actually fucking talk about Salvador Dali. Uh, you still owe me some uh mustache flowers. Mustache flowers? Yeah. <gasps> oh, do I? Yeah, I mean, you said you were gonna get it for Christmas. For for Christmas present. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for reminding me. I mean, it's not Christmas yet. It was like, I was like, that would be cool if I had some like flowers on the on my mustache. I would definitely rock that. Yeah. And you you were like, you should get some mustache uh, tinsel, like Christmas decor. <laughs> right? Would that I be mean, dope? You get little Christmas balls on your. I well, I, I guess that would kind of look like herpes. You don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't want to send the wrong message. Over also, here. I don't know if my mustache would be strong enough to hold up. Tin, like tinsel or like balls we'll see about that is your is your mustache not strong enough to hold up balls <sighs> i mean probably i don't know i've never tried i've never had <laughs> balls on my face <laughs> sorry well i have i didn't even need a mustache at all so i think you're fine <laughs> you don't even need a mustache for balls on your face honestly you could you could be clean shaven <laughs> Oh, this has been a fun one. This is a fun one for sure. <laughs> we need to go off of plot summary way more often. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just use it as a reference. Yeah. Because we've already kind of walked through it actually. Yeah. Right. We we've walked through the um the beginning of the hero's journey. He's in the attic. He starts reading about Atreyu. Yeah. And uh and it's whole to get the the Empress to be well again. And then they find out that they she needs needs a name. She needs a human to give it to her. He flies back. Um, he's like, I didn't bring anybody, and she's like, but you did, like a creepy bitch. And then there, and then she's like, he's here with us. Although it does kind of glorify, or not glorify, but there was no consequences for the kid at the end of the day for stealing a book. Well, but that's there. There would you only, never, never, nothing ever like at the end of the story. Why should there be? He he legit stole an old man's book. The one thing the old man had whenever he walked in. The, the 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 thing he he was reading that he was so fucking like but he he in depth reading of he was holding his finger in the spot where he was reading yeah. and the kid just takes it and runs yeah but at the end there's no consequences no but there is a consequence to it there there would have been a different kind of consequence <laughs> if he had never owned up to it but the whole point of his his journey throughout that story was that he he suddenly he lived through so many lives and so many uh, ways of being a hero in his mind. That it actually helped, it helped him know how to have integrity. And so at the end, he's a different, he's a different person now. He climbs down yeah. a scaffolding all by himself, like a yeah. fucking, like a boss. Issue, and right? then, and then he, he takes it upon himself because he loves his father. And also he wants his father to be proud of him. And also he's, he's, he's more resolute <laughs> and he has more integrity. He goes, I'm going to go back to this guy myself and I'm going to tell him that I stole the book and apologize and that I can't find it. And I'll just, and I'll take the rap. And and you know what? I'm going to tell you something. They don't do that story in America. That story in America, that's why we like criminals and stuff, because they always get away with it. That's, and that, that was what I was like pushing. But also, I didn't read 20 percent, the last 20 percent of the book. I had a feeling. That's what I'm telling you now. <laughs> but that's that, that's why he. Yeah, maybe he would have uh, faced the heat if he hadn't. But he in the end, he does. He yeah. decides that he's just going to face. There's only one Hollywood movie that I've seen that happen in. And uh, and I forget the name of it, but it's uh, it's Charlie Sheen. Um, no, it's it's um, it's Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen. Oh, and oh. Um, it's a Wall Street movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
shit. It's it's uh yeah whatever. That's all people need to know, right? Yeah, it's it's because those it are the out. actors, and it's about Wall Street, and he does a bunch of corrupt stuff, and he gets uh wrapped up in a lot of really dirty shit. Uh, but the thing at the end that he does that you never you don't see people do anymore in Hollywood movies is that he faces up, he fesses up, and he faces his punishment yeah. like a man. He he goes to jail. There's yeah. no, you know what I mean? You don't, you do not pass go. You do not collect $200. You do not get a jail free. No jail out of free cards. He, the end of the movie is so long, son. Right? He's like, I'll see you in 20 years. American Hustle is like that though. Right. Uh, but, but it's rare because most yeah. of the time it's, it's like a true romance where you, you shoot up a hotel, people die. So like a like a Mexican maid is uh, gets her arm blown off, right? And uh, and then everybody lives happily ever after. Except for the Mexican the maid, sun- we don't talk about that. Yeah, you ride into the sunset with yeah. the girl, like yeah. right. <laughs> and, we, and they have a baby, and the end, yeah. right? And yeah. So I, I kind of like that. I like I like when they do those endings sometimes because yeah, yeah. it's almost like a more compelling character. Because yeah. then you you have to understand. It's like why did he do that instead of run away instead of uh, get a lawyer. To, yeah to beat the the rap yeah I, I that that's why i brought it up because i was that i do like that kind of story more uh wait that that ending where it's like uh, yeah if you did do something fucked up somewhere in the story it's like there are always consequences to everything even if you don't go and own up to it so something should happen mm-hmm. and then whenever they do go and own up to it themselves it's like all right that's a good that that character it's a redemption arc you know them yeah. redeeming themselves yeah you know so hmm. i like that and yeah i didn't read the last 20 percent of the book so I, I i missed that redemption arc. <laughs> all right so in in closing i suppose right because we've been talking for a while yeah uh what would you want to own up to what's a small thing you want to own up to <sighs> all right I fucked up here in this studio one day. Wow. All right. <laughs> and I, I guess a- you're the priest. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you're the confessional. All right. I, uh, uh, I, I got to say people were uh, doing this out in the studio, like in the in the main room. Like this was just happening because it was a poker night. But people were smoking cigarettes out there. <laughs> and then I came in here to relax. And then without even thinking about it. I lit up a cigarette and then two puffs into the cigarette. I, I was like, I'm pretty sure J- Justin would not want me doing this in, in here. In the most flammable room in the building? <laughs> yeah, probably. With the, with the curtain, nice yeah. velvety curtains. And, and so. Like, dude, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the smell. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, two, two puffs in, I walked out and I, I immediately went tell him and apologize. But yes, that was that was a big fuck up on my part. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he still he still and will forever fuck with me for it. Well, he, he yeah. <laughs> good. That is my consequence. That's like Yeah, you, you people should fuck with you when you fuck up and yeah. you should take it cuz that's for a part sure. of owning up to like the like Germans, you know Germans get sad when you make fun of the Holocaust. When you Yeah, exactly. And it's like, "Excuse me? Yeah, tough shit." Yeah, you mean are you are you hurt? Like 6 million Jews? Are you hurt? Is that how hurt you are? What's your family name? Up. Yeah, exactly. Can we find it on that wall they have? Yeah. What's your no? last name? Reisen, Steisen, Hyphen, Hoffen, Siphon? You fuck? <laughs> 
shut up and take it for 50 years. Yeah. You know? It's the least you could do. <laughs> God damn. All right. What about you? I got I haven't I have not given you your meat pie and it makes it racks me with guilt. <laughs> it really does. It make, it bothers me <laughs> that I have not given you your meat pie slice that I promised you. Yeah. you And, and for like a year now. Yeah. Almost and a I'm year. not. And I want to just <laughs> come up and say it. And I'm so sorry because it's there. Not only is it, it's, I don't even have to make it. It's there. Yeah, you, you probably have one chilling in your fridge. It's the freezer, yeah. And I feel so horrible because I, I really talked up this meat pie. I, I, every day I was like, yo, this meat pie is a fucking bomb, right? And then and he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I got cheese in it. And, man. and I'm like describing the ingredients. I got cheese in it. God yeah, damn see, it. I'm an asshole. And I did it again. So I'm, I'm going to phone up. I, this, is, this is a terrible behavior on my part. This is not who I am. And I brought uh, her crawfish to fish. He brought me crawfish to fish. He brought me food. So it's it's really, really not good, not cool. I'm sorry. Your, and co- I, your coqueta was, or co- co- coquito. Coquito. That that was really great, though. I, I'll make more. I, I really enjoyed that. I make it every year. You want some coquito? Coquito's like uh, coconut eggnog, Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna see apology next year. You'll, you'll get you'll get it sometime between 2023 and 2025, and uh, and you'll love it. Yeah. So yeah. So so I I must bring you this meat pie, and yep. I'm sorry, and I and I will do this right. soon, like in a week. All right. Yes. That's that's it. For sure. So anyway. All right. That's about about time. Cool. Uh, All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on Turtle Reads. Yeah, thank you. I've been Clay. I'm Melissa. And uh, we'll. Until next time. Yep. Yes.